Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Today is going to be a bit more, bit more personal episode, uh, and a bit less news because, oh boy, a lot of things happened with uh, me during the past 24 hours. Now, let's start with the fact that uh, after I recorded that episode yesterday and we started packing, I, you know, packed everything and we went to the train. And it seemed quite normal. We went there to get there about two and a half hours before our train leaves because we wanted to get there before the curfew and we also needed to grab a cab so as the cab driver could also go home before his um, his curfew and uh, we we're just drinking coffee across the street from the Odessa train station we finished our coffee and we were there was like about two hours left until the train we decided that it was quite um, quite cold and we decided to go inside but what turned out was that while we were drinking coffee, someone had called and announced that uh, there was a mine, a bomb, inside the train station. So we spent about two hours, two and a half hours, maybe three, I really don't know the time, waiting in the bomb shelter. There were air raid sirens, of course, and cops everywhere, and people just stuffed together, and it was really scary. We, um, we were dragged inside of a an underground tunnel that served as a makeshift bomb shelter. And uh, no one knew what to do because people were waiting for the trains. And in that situation when, you know, you have a reserved hotel, I'll get to that later, and train tickets and everything ready, you really start getting a bit worried. I uh, I managed to post on Twitter and on Facebook because, well, we really, me and Carl always had um, nothing much else to do. And uh, thankfully, we met Kirill. Kirill, who is a design director from Donbass who had moved to Kiev who translated from Ukrainian to us because they only speak Russian and police were well some of them spoke Russian but a lot of them spoke Ukrainian it was pretty cold we talked about the war and talked about the attitude and everyone around me spoke Russian and some spoke Ukrainian and we got a bunch of pics pics which will be uploaded later on because Kalvis uses a lot of digital camera sorry a lot of analog camera here with a film but um, in the end after they they had called in dogs and we were still in there and massive air air sirens were sounded and we just waited there and talked to each other and I kind of understood that, you know, in extreme situations 
you can either panic or you can get together with, with people and start talking with them. And, well, I'll probably re- pro- probably write this down for my Latvian, Latvian readers and maybe work through this for a longer episode because, yeah, as Kirill stated, everyone who was basically pro-Ukrainian had run away from Donbass and they really wouldn't want to go home again. But, um, well, after a while, a long while, trains were not allowed to enter the station, everything was delayed and it was really scary. The the cops, together with the army, made some sort of a kind of a cordon, a, a, a kind of a small line through which we could run, and we we had to run first. Like people who were going on the Lvov train, they they were running in groups, and then, well, while carrying heavy bags and yelling around and everything being translated, we were evacuated in a way from um, from that position and on the train, and then we got on the train and it was heart was racing already it was extremely hot so i really didn't, didn't sleep last night probably you can hear that in my voice but um yeah that was a scary experience i really don't know how to present this in audible form but um yeah war war is a scary place and when when you when you have people running people with guns around and i mean you, when you can hear and feel the mob because as, as these situations you know i've i've, I've been in stressful situations, but I've been there with very few people. But that's the that's the biggest issue, since the cops also yelled a lot. Since in these ty- types of situations, you you kind of go a bit mental in a way, and you want to know what's going on, and a lot of people don't know what's going on. So that was really scary. Then, well, something good happened. In the morning, we arrived in Kiev, where we are now. And uh, first thing first thing we did was go into our embassy because we need to get our documents ready. And our embassy currently has just a single single worker in there who's now our acting ambassador. And and yeah, tomorrow I uh, I'm gonna do both some reporting and also that that sad personal part that I had to do because tomorrow we're going to Bucha and Irpin and it's probably gonna be a really sad episode tomorrow for you guys. But those things need to be made. However, I also arranged some nice interviews. We're gonna have. We're gonna have a real discussion about about military matters with with the Ukrainian territorial defense higher up person, and we're gonna have a longer special interview, fully edited and everything, with um, with the person who literally wrote the book about how Putin's propaganda works, which is now, by the way, shown by Maria Zakharov and others as proof of um, hostile anti-Russian Russophobia elements here. So expect an interview with Mikola Davidyuk and it's gonna be great. If you've heard about him Well then that should be that should be awesome. And then uh well after all this stress and everything some good news happened as well but after all that we um we had managed on our trip to basically book a hotel and um yeah it was it's called uh, I think it was the Black Sea Hotel in Kiev or something. And our booking dot com reservations worked and everything but um when we arrived there from our from our cab turns out that uh yeah probably shouldn't shouldn't trust booking.com and if you're going to a war zone because a lot of hotels showed up as open there so we didn't really worry turns out we should have because that hotel turned out to be um well closed and a guard opened the door and just stated that hey what's up guys who are you I'm listening to you and then we showed him our papers and everything and um well that turned about that, that turned to be a bunch of money wasted but i hope that booking.com actually you know 
provides for this because you know they uh, they've helped previously, so this is going to be managed. And then the, the the kind of the panicky moment, we we started calling out, and it turns out that out of all the hotels and everything, yeah, to get an Airbnb here in Ukraine, you have to basically photo your passport, show your journalist accreditation. It's a terrible process, and it's really messy. And you know, it's it, it's still uh, a lot of time. There is still this curfew, so we ended up finding the one hotel that actually was open and could take us in. And even then they asked for the green accreditation card, which I am getting tomorrow because of our nice acting ambassador, Edvins, who managed to call call up the authorities because he slightly laughed and said that during war times, yeah, just emails are hard to get through. And previously in Odessa, I couldn't go to the offices myself because to go to the offices, you need the accreditation card, which you couldn't get because we didn't even know it, you needed one because they just made it into law as we were leaving. Not the luckiest of trips, but yeah, wow. <laughs> accidentally had we accidentally had to spend a lot of money today. Like in total, let's see now. Yeah, about five five hundred euros. Large cut of our budget. <laughs> we we we're still sort of okayish, but uh, yeah, if you can help, please do, because we're staying here until the fifteenth and doing all these interviews and reportings and everything. And then we're going to be going back home. I think we're going to be home at 17th or 18th. But uh, but yeah, the work will, of course, continue. Because that's going nowhere. But just in case. If you, even if you plan everything ahead of time. Even if you work hard and, and are meticulous about your equipment and everything. Turns out that circumstances can just um, make sure that if you're stressed enough and air raid sirens start poking your mind when you're looking for an emergency hotel... Yeah, weird things can happen. The good news is that uh, there's a lot of press people staying at this hotel because it seems that this is the only one that there is. There is. So, so yeah, I'll be working hard after I, again, get some sleep to interview some of those people. But, yeah, crazy Latvian adventures in, uh, in now Kiev. I hope that tomorrow we're going to have a really great episode. But um, I can't just leave you like this with... Just the personal side of this trip, which has been really exhausting, and, you know, at least I get to see the people. I'm going to have to write an article as well tomorrow and take a bunch of pics myself and get an interview with some of the locals there and deal with them, deal with the cousin. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy day, but um, we'll manage. However, here's some news, because although I hadn't had enough time to catch up throughout all of this situation on everything that's happening... I have, um, still, prepared some interesting things from you. For starters, we have more stuff from Mr. Igor Girkin. Girkin hasn't uh, posted any direct news about the goings-on in the war, because, well, the war is stalling down, and we'll see a massive attack on Donbass soon enough. But, um, he reports that his comrade has returned from his trip to Kherson. Kherson is the city just above the Black Sea, the only sort of major city the Russians have taken, and he claims that his friend went there with a, a humanitarian mission. Well, that's doubtable, but maybe that's true. Who knows? Maybe our good old friend Strelkov, Mr. Girkin, has uh, finally found some consciousness, which I highly doubt. But hey, chances still slightly, ever so slightly, slightly less than zero. And he apparently had called up and stated, you know what? You're, you're, what you're writing about this war are, like, way too optimistic. And... um Here's some things that he gathered 
from from the discussion with a person who had been in Kherson. And there are a bunch of points. Number one, people adapt to everything. The pe- the city is alive. People are walking around. Cars are driving around. There's are, there's food in the stores. There are private 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 commercial enterprises selling gasoline. Everyday life is just happening. The kind of the communal services are working, although most of the local clerks have been you know having run have run away even before Russian Federation forces arrived. In Kherson itself, there there are no battles right now, but regularly you can hear hear artillery blasts in in the surrounding areas. And yeah, I can I can assure you that they're they're pretty loud and they can be hear they can be heard. Number two, Kherson itself is uh, pretty much blasted down. And uh, well, Igor Grigin's friends claims that it looks worse than any uh, other regional center in Russia that he's seen. That that probably is, could be you know stated because of the war, and but I can't really claim anything since I haven't been to Kherson, and unless it gets liberated by Ukraine, I probably won't go there either because well, kind of want to come back home. However, he also states that uh, if you arrive then inside of the city, everything is in Ukrainian flags, and uh, apparently there's only one Russian flag inside the city, and it is in his. Also, just in the commercial where, quote, how Americans create um, velo, kind of velo pass, pass for, for bikes. And he adds, you can, you can notice very strongly the presence of foreign NGOs. Number three, there is no civilian administration as such. R- Russian, Russian authorities act without, without any consensus among themselves and no one has any any instructions what to do. The FSB don't know about the army, the army doesn't know about the FSB, and even the army in the, among themselves, they don't know anything, and they don't really coordinate anything with anyone. It's a total chaos. And inside the army... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The units that are supposed to fight. Everything is in, in shambles and in the, in, the, in the mess, too. The commanders are talking amongst each other using Ukrainian SIM cards. No one understands anything. All the decisions are spontaneous. Logistics is, well... Using using kind of Russian system, it's three minus by American standards. That would be a, a D with a minus. Everything is held. Everything's being held up by younger officers on on the local local spots, sergeants and the like. 
Number five, if you're on the spot there, after you speak with the locals, you understand that uh, this war is definitely also a civilian one. And besides, the kind of how you pick your side, that's a clearly just a purely political question. It doesn't even, you know, depend on the language anymore. Number six, the battle for the minds of people, Russian Federation is losing. Because no one really understands anything. Will Russia stay or leave? And the local pro-Russian forces are sitting very quietly. Uh, they left Ukrainian TV, just cut off, cut off the news channels. And no, not everyone has Russian channels. Point seven. As a follow-up for this, the kind of the attitude towards the war in, in the local society, well, you know, pro-Russian everything, pro-Russian fields dominate. He states that approximately 30% of the people are for Russia, 50% are for Ukraine, and 20% just don't care. And uh, in, the, in the surrounding countryside area, the attitude towards Russians is way worse than inside a city. And the pro-Russian people are very, very quiet. There, isn't no, there are no guarantees about the future. However, there is fear and um, kind of this feeling of, of being lost. And there are no guarantees from Russia to anyone. And, well, they are a minority. A lot of uh, so-called activists basically moved away just after 2014. And, yeah, point number eight. If uh, ignoring the fact that, they, that most people are pro-Ukrainian, locals all over basically go to Russia. But they don't leave for Russia, just most of them just go for gasoline, food, meds, and after that they just returned. Apparently there are lines on lines stretching from 24 to 48 hours on the border to you know, the side of Simferopol, which is Crimea. Number nine. The pro-Ukrainian part of the, of the population is active and very loud. And not just because that uh, they are less afraid of consequences. It's more motivated. Ukraine is giving, giving these people a clear view of the future. Quote, we'll, we'll get into Euro, European Union, they'll give us money, we're going we're gonna to improve our qualities of lives, and, well, we'll be respected by the whole West, and the world will be, will be friendly to us. And the here, Igor Gurkin's friend states, and it isn't, doesn't even matter how, how based in reality these, these thoughts are, just the fact that they have a strong, strong clear goal. They have something to fight for, both soldiers and, and the civilians. And there, he criticizes his own Russians. He states, and what, what future does Russian Federation offer them? Even if we leave, but that's not known exactly, so um, uh, we will, as previously, celebrate the 9th of May. But, um, yeah, turns out it's not enough in 2022. Ukrainian viewpoint is way clearer. And this is the thing. The most important part is the final point, which states that in the territory of Russian Federation, the same civil war is happening, just a cold one. The subject of this war is, well, whether we keep our real Russian serenity or we will be in, in cahoots, in ties with the evil West and mm. finally rot from within. Which is, this is this is just a part of Igor's, Igor Girkin's, my best enemy's ultra-chauvinistic imperialistic mindset. He's definitely, definitely not happy about what's happening there. He's actively starting to think, and he really blames Putin for not doing enough and not being arrested enough in this war, actively calling for, you know, him being checked for what if Russian government actually wants to sabotage the whole thing so that they can line their up line up their own pockets. 
and this is also kind of the, the answer to all those people who state that um, that yeah, Putin somehow represents Russian interests. He doesn't. Even people who are pro-war and who I think might even genuinely believe that Ukrainians are fascists and the West are fa- the West are fascists and everything is evil here. Yeah, we and the super evil West. If only we could get our own stuff together. But uh, yeah, this shows that even such people, even they don't like Putin and they don't consider Putin be, to be a very representative figure. And that gives us quite a lot to think about. And uh, do we, do, does the West even have a clear message? Ukrainians do now, so that gives them motivation. I think we should do everything in our powers to not break that down. And yeah, I'll end, I'll end with this today. Happiness is mandatory. And uh, please, if you can, uh, go to the easternborder.lv and, and click the donate button because, yeah, all those expenses. And of course, huge thanks to all the Patreon supporters because that helps our show long term and, well, gives me some, some hope for the future myself. So, yeah. And of course, donate to the, Rus- to the Ukrainian army. Don't donate to the Russians. Russians, uh, sadly donate by themselves because yeah we have this nice little system where as right now a lot of looters are known i have some friends who um let's just say relieve them from their monetary assets and donate them to the ukrainian army which is what we are doing but yeah tired now and again happiness is mandatory and please please do support the show if you can because yeah today was extra harsh tomorrow is going to be even harsher but uh, not because of stress or any any tough things that I should do, but purely mentally. But, you know, like they say in Ukraine, one of the few words I've learned, переможем. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.